Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. is Father Toby um, on questions of faith and I'm delighted to be joined today by uh, Sister Rose Rowling from the Dominican Sisters um, up in Cambridge who I think will be a familiar voice to many of you um, but more normally in, in the evening. Is this, your, is this your first appearance of a morning Sister Rose? Uh, no actually I have I have done questions of faith once before so um, I do emerge in the mornings on special occasions. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Well, great to have you back on questions of faith, but with with me on questions of faith, I think for the first for the first um, time. And yes. as always on questions of faith, we love to have your uh, questions um, live. So um, we have sort of Helena in the uh, in the studio today who will be taking the phones. And so if you have any questions that you would like to ask live, then please do give us a call. The number, as always is 01223-375-564. That's 01223-375-564. We would, uh, we would love, to, love to hear from you, so please please do give us uh, a call um, whilst we wait for the, uh, the phone lines to, to, to hot up. Um, we're going to uh, start today with a, a question um, which is from uh, from Raj, um, which he he recorded and, and sent in, and I I believe Helena is going to try and play that for us now. So we'll listen to the the dulcet tones of Raj, Toby, Raj and then get on to his question. Good morning, Father Toby. Good morning, Sister Rose. Uh, good morning, Elizabeth. Uh, my question is: As per Bible, the Earth is only six thousand years old. However, the dinosaur fossil proved that the Earth is multi-million years old which means there was a world before then, or the Bible begins with the recreation of a world that was deliberately destroyed. Please explain. Thank you. Okay, so thank you very much um, for that, that question from uh, Raj. And I, I believe this is a, a topic that we've covered at um, greater length in, a, in an earlier um, science, science and Faith uh, episode. So just to sort of flag flag that up to our listeners that um, particularly on questions with science and faith, some of them are dealt with at uh, at great length. And I think this was um, this was episode two of our science and faith series. Um, the the title of it, creation or evolution? Do we have to choose? Um, whilst we've got a full episode on that, 
Um, it's also the case that when people ask you these questions, um, they're normally not prepared to hang around for an hour to listen to the to the answer. So today we'll probably try and try and give you a, a slightly shorter um, answer on that one, which you could uh, pique people's interests with when they first start to get to you, and hopefully have them uh, be like the men who listen to uh, St. Paul preaching at the uh, Areopagus saying um it's interesting what you what you say we'll we'll come back and and hear more i don't know sister rose whether you'd like to have a a first bash at giving a giving an answer to that that question from raj yes certainly um just a quick disclaimer i didn't hear the recording played a moment ago but i have listened to it um before on whatsapp so um i hope i'm going to address what was actually asked in the question but um as far as i understand this is a question about um kind of understanding how do we perhaps reconcile or understand uh, fossils and dinosaurs and all these good things in relation to the story in genesis have i grasped that yeah correctly? that's spot on great yeah. okay thank you um so uh, first of all um in the medieval uh, tradition um they had this lovely idea where they emphasized that there are two books of revelation one is divine revelation which is scripture and uh, the church's tradition. And the other is the kind of book of nature, if you like. And the two work together. So there are two books, um, science and revelation, faith and reason, and they're not opposed to each other. They, they're they all part of God's re revealing of himself to us. And um, I think what we can understand, um, St. Augustine, for example, takes the idea that um, we don't we don't have to read scripture or the creation of the creation account in genesis as six literal 24 hour days that creation comes over stages and processes and that god can can work through these things um and so it's kind of seeing creation as this beautiful um organic coming into being not something that's kind of um, very rigidly laid down, very um, kind of literal, literalistically um, understood. So I think there's a there is a place for us to understand um, through the natural world, fossils and bones and skeletons and um, woolly mammoths and dinosaurs. That that all is part of God's creation, God's divine acts, um, his beauty, his order. Um, and that is just as compatible with also understanding that at some point he created human beings. Um, he created them as the pinnacle of creation, uh, made in his own image. Um, so I think it's important to, to see it as a, as a stage, as a process, um, and how scripture supports um, that, and um, to kind of be in awe of, of the beauty and, and the wonder of the world. So we don't need to we don't need to see it as either I have to believe in scripture or I have to believe in evolution. Um, the Catholic Church is very open minded in, in that we we welcome the insights um, of science um, and and as far as as they support our, our faith. So I hope that sheds a little bit of light there. Yeah, th thank thank you very much. And it's. It's remembering sort of what science um, tries tries to do, and what we're what we're primarily concerned of with with religion. And I'd say re religion's sort of most primary concern is a is is a is a why 
and a and a and about a, a relationship. So it's sometimes said science deals with the the how, and uh, and and theology um, deals with the the why and the and the why in some sense is the more sort of intriguing question. And so even in Genesis we see two two accounts of of creation, and they're both sort of concerned with. Um, slightly sort of dis- different aspects of the of the relationship of god with his his creation and so in the in the first account there seems to be more of a concern with um what's sometimes called a sort of a a, a macrocosm with a an, an overview of how god related to all of creation and brought order order into it and governs it and then in the in the second account um more of a a focus a sort of a microcosm a focus on the relationship between um you know, man, man and woman, and uh, and and God, but uh, but theology, I would say, is always primarily concerned with sort of our relationship to God and how that is worked out over over t- over time. Um, not actually so concerned with uh, the sort of timeline in the in the sense of the what the way one might keep a a diary. Um, more more perhaps a the sort of person who diaries at the uh, at the significant moments um so there will be there will be will be gaps where we have sort of no account of of salvation um history the other thing that that i think is really important to state on this question is to um remember that as the sort of classical theology is already spoken of it it speaks to the greatness of god that he doesn't do everything directly himself um but rather has um has given what we call secondary causality now secondary causality um might sound like a a complicated term but basically all it means is that god has created the world in such a way that some of the beings that he created cause things to cause things cause things to to happen um some of the the laws of nature that that he's put in place cause things to to happen and so when we understand what we call these secondary causes um the the laws of the laws of nature um the the way the sort of internal mechanisms of a of a cell works understanding that that secondary cause doesn't in any way mean that we no longer um have a have a need for a primary a primary cause which is that that god is the one who's holding everything in being all of all of the time i had a had a conversation with um uh, a very nice young man who's a, a an atheist who um comes along to the the chaplaincy rooms at, at king's college for his lunch most thursdays and we've had a we've had a number of conversations over the years and one of the things that um that he was speaking of is he's sort of uh, uh preparing for a maths phd interest in quantum mechanics and uh and speaking of, about um sort of energy um being at the at the heart of sort of reality and, and wave functions and things i don't completely understand uh but one of the things i said to him was god is constantly creating it's not like god created the world at a at a moment in the in the past and now sort of stands back but god is the cause of everything that's happened but he's also making other things co- co- causes and and in some senses there are they're unthinking causes 
and with us as human beings we know that we're we're capable of being thinking causes as well as unthinking um causes and as i said to the, this to him that god is constantly creating he was like wow actually that that's that's interesting i'll 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 have to think more of that and i think it's the case with a lot of christians but also with most atheists that they think that we conceive of god as having created at a moment in the past and now being largely 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 distant um so we must remember that god god is god is so great that he's created other things that are capable of being causes and evolution if you choose to believe in it which personally i i do that's just an example of a cause of a way of making things happen that god has put into the uh into the into the universe I don't know if you want to have the, the final word, Sister, Sister Rose, or whether we'll, we'll, we'll move on. I think that's a great summary, Father Toby. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy we can um, go to the next question. Um, so one, one other thing I should say, um, that, that thank you uh, live to, to Raj on air and to his uh, lovely wife, Mary. They, they cooked an amazing uh, curry for all of the, the community of, um, of Friars down here in uh in in london for us on uh on on sunday and uh so uh raj and, and, and mary you're you're very much in the uh in the good books at st dominic's london we thank you very much for that it was uh it was delicious um our next question actually is going to deal with the with the uh, with the ascension um but just before we we go to that um i just want to try and play for you um a little introit for the ascension to to get us in the in the mood which um has been was composed and then was performed for the the first time yesterday at clare college and uh and it was composed by a, a dominican friar up in cambridge father dominic white who if you haven't heard him speak um personally on the radio i know he did a songs of wilderness um quite some time ago but uh, but he might be a familiar voice to you just from singing the divine office and also from his preaching at mass. So this is uh, Men of Galilee and Introit for the Ascension. So that was the choir of Clare College singing uh, Men of Galilee, an introit for the uh, ascension composed by um, uh, Father Dominic 
wait at Blackfriars. Sorry, the, there was a little bit of interference there. It's live recording only recorded yesterday. I'm sure somebody will have an, an edit of that um, and it will be uh, performed again and we'll get a better quality of recording. But I thought that was very beautiful. Um, well done, Father Dominic, if you're listening. Um, so our next uh, question, which I'm, I'm going to read out for you, uh, relates to the the Ascension Um I've got two two questions around this, so I might read them um, both out, and then we can deal with them. So, the uh, the first one is between Jesus's resurrection and his ascension. Where was Jesus if he was not in the Father's house? And the uh, and the other one um, that we've got is uh, sorry, just let me find it here. The the other one also relates to the sort of the whereabouts of. Uh, of Jesus and is um let me just see I'm not as organized as I as I should be but it was essentially it was a it was about um yesterday's uh um reading and uh yeah. and the seemingly sort of conflicting um accounts about where where Jesus was or where did the ascension take place um so let me just i'm just yeah. getting that now i found I can, where it is so it's here i can read it i've got it yeah i oh, sorry i should have just gone straight to sister rose <laughs> have you got it here whilst i was <laughs> waffling trying to buy myself some time um and this is from kathleen uh who is a familiar voice and uh, one of our star volunteers she writes in the ascension first reading acts of the apostles um which is from uh, chapter one uh uh when he told them with them he told them jesus had told them not to leave jerusalem but then we've got in the gospel of uh, matthew sort of that gospel passage known as the great commission um we read the 11 disciples set out for galilee to the mountain where jesus had arranged to meet him and then when they saw him they fell down before him and so kathleen asks did the ascension happen in jerusalem or galilee nowadays lebanon and she says the church of the ascension is said to be in Jerusalem, where the rock, where there is the rock that Jesus ascended from. Uh, please ex explain. Um, would you like to? I'm, I'm going late, late, lady, ladies first again, again here. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so perhaps if we take the first question. Um, so where was Jesus um, between? Uh, the resurrection and ascension if he was not in his father's house is the first question I heard. Yeah. Um, so, so first of all, um, I think actually that we pay a lot of attention to the Paschal mystery um, and we don't spend much time as a church thinking about what happened between those 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension. So this is a 40-day period um, when Christ rose again, um, we actually hear quite a lot of activity in scripture about what he was doing. So we hear um, of, of, of 10 apparitions of the risen Jesus. Um, five happen on the day of his resurrection. And then there's a further five before he ascended into heaven. Um, and he spent this time um with he so he made different appearances appearances to the women appearances to thomas he um spent time with his disciples so we hear that he he kind of reinstituted peter as the leader of um the disciples and as kind of responsible for continuing the mission 
Um, so he was continuing to, to be with them, to teach them, to form them. And we also hear of something called the Great Commission, when Jesus um, was gathered together that his followers in order to, to tell them to go out and to proclaim the gospel to the world. So there's quite a lot um, that was happening in this period um, where Jesus is, is kind of continuing um, to, to, to announce the good news, to be that sign, to be present to people, to say, look, I am here, I have risen, this is real. So we, we have a lot of um, eyewitness accounts um from scripture and and who knows how many others saw the lord um at it during those that 40 day period so so that's what he was up to um basically um father toby do you want to add anything on that question yeah um it's as as sister Rose says like we we don't spend um that much sort of time sort of contemplating this in the in the scriptures and um, in and in part that's because Priests are, are told to um, to sort of preach on uh, on what the um, what the readings of the of the mass mass are, and not just whatever they 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 feel like. Um, now it's not always the case that priests do do that, but if you uh, if if you do um, do that, if you do preach on what you're sort of supposed to, and not just on whatever you you feel like, then actually you'll you'll see that even sort of after easter yeah we have a a bit of time with the the resurrection accounts um but then we get to a stage where where we've read all of the uh the the, the resurrection um accounts and so we go back in the in the scriptures to reading um those those passages where christ seems to be speaking about his his resurrection um that occur before his death so we we start to um you know understand everything that christ had said in in light of the event of the resurrection and, and that's and that's very worth worthwhile um but it does mean that it sometimes sort of messes with our with our sort of sense of timeline and uh and i think we as catholics we we're way more familiar with the scriptures than we than we think we are and um the, but our but our problem is that we're not always as aware of how thing everything fits to fits together or we're not completely sure um which book it was in we know that we know the passage um but because who who remembers like you know when when the priest the, the priest or the deacon is reading the gospel and he says the gospel according to mark or the gospel according to matthew like we don't tend to connect you know this particular passage with that particular gospel we just sort of know the know the totality um and that's good that we have a good familiarity with the totality of the scriptures but as i said when it comes to then sort of timelines and what's going in and, and what gospel it can be confusing um and i think with the uh the passage from uh from from the gospel um that we that we get uh in yes yesterday's mass and the and the and the passage um that's given in acts which actually details the ascension i think these are occurring at, at different at different times um and so it, it it creates a little bit of confusion in our head because we see them we hear them on the same day relating to the to the same feast um but they're not actually the the same event um and the and the other thing to to say on this is that I think as the gospel writers were, were writing about the 
the the resurrection they were um recording faithfully what they saw but they also didn't yet have a complete sort of grasp of 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 everything i i think or they um you know there, there's something there's something about the post-resurrection accounts in in the in the gospels which just seems a bit more confused i don't i don't think people have sort of fully sort of sussed out how all of this fits together and that's and that's absolutely fine but it does seem sort of reading between the the lines that there's probably a, a bit of a, a bit of a gap um in in christ's post-resurrection appearances like in the in that first week in jerusalem there seemed to be plenty and then christ tells them to to go to to galilee and then we hear of jesus sort of appearing by the by the, by the lakeside and the, you know there's that beautiful moment which uh, sister rose mentioned about the reconciliation of of peter with um with with jesus but i think some time has a has elapsed here, which is why they've sort of returned to their to their old to their old professions, um, and so when we're when we're reading the uh, the post-resurrection accounts, we haven't got a complete timeline there. Um, I would really recommend to uh, to to read as sort of one of one of two books, um, which help put all those uh, all those events. Um, into as, as much of a sort of coherent timeline as can be figured out. The the first one is to know Christ Jesus by Frank Sheed, um, which really you should buy everything that Frank Sheed wrote and uh, and devour it. He was just a, an amazing man, and he and his wife uh, Maisie Ward founded the publishing company Sheed and Ward, um, and did so much uh, good for the church. They founded the Catholic Evidence Guild as well, and the uh, and the other um, Life of Christ, which I like, is, is Life of Christ by Father uh, G Giuseppe Ricciotti. Um, so that's R-I-C-C-I-O-T-T-I, -I -I, for those who didn't get that from my uh, dodgy Italian pronunciation. Father Giuseppe Ricciotti, The Life of Christ. They're both excellent, and they both help us read through those uh, resurrection accounts in a, in a, in a coherent, sensible way. Uh, and uh, and sort of proper properly integrated sort of um, sequential sequential account. So they're they're pretty helpful. Um, I've also uh, I don't know whether Sister Rose has read this. I've always meant to read uh, Fulton Sheen's Life of Christ. I don't know if you've read that. Yes, I have. Um, excellent. Again, another one. Those three books really excellent. Um, and and I suppose one a class that's also united, um, kind of with that set would be Pope Benedict's um, the three books on on Christ of so the infancy narratives Jesus of Nazareth and then Holy Week so also an excellent series to really go deep into the life the teaching the ministry of Christ yeah but yeah, yeah also the, is excellent as well yeah the Pope the Pope Benedict series is 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 fantastic and will also in, introduce you which is really helpful into um the sort of the science of scriptural interpretation um and the way that the way that a member of the church uh, properly goes about that so for for those of you who are thinking you know well, how do we make make sense of the scriptures how do we how do we properly approach them in a in a catholic way um pope benedict's uh, three um 
the Jesus and Nazareth trilogy, that's uh, that's fantastic and it's accessible, but it will also it will also sort of challenge challenge you. It'll stretch the grey matter, and that's good because God should stretch our grey matter. Because the moment we think we've completely grasped him, well, we've reduced him to ourself and made him much smaller than he is. Um, we're going to go to uh, another piece of music now and we're going to uh, listen to um, something I played uh, a little bit uh, earlier in the week and a couple of people contacted me to say how much they enjoyed it. So it's the uh, lovely um, Spanish uh, chant singers Harper Day and we're going to listen to their uh, Christ is Risen with Easter acclamations in various languages. Im Tore wird zwanger im Tod und bracht er den Entschlafen in das Leben. Christ ist erstanden von den Toten. Im Tore wird zwanger im Tod und bracht er den Entschlafen in das Leben. Christus If any of you have any questions, then please do give us a call. The number is 01223-375-564. That's 01223-375-564. Cristo ha resucitado, 
verdaderamente ha resucitado. Cristo está verstanden. Er ist wach verstanden. So that was uh, Harp a Day with um, Christ is Risen, Easter acclamations uh, sung in a, in a whole host of, um, of different languages. Um, Harp a Day are uh, fast becoming one of my uh, favorite, favorite groups. I, I find their, their chant so beautiful. Um, I know my, my mother has told me that she's a massive fan of their rendition of the, uh, of the Our Father in, uh, in Aramaic. Um, so perhaps we might have that. A little bit later um i said if you want to uh dial in with a, a question the um number is uh is zero one two two three three seven five five six four that's zero one two two three three seven five five six four we would uh we would love to uh love love to have a, a life a life question to to keep us on our toes um I had uh, somebody send me send me a question yesterday, which um, they they mentioned about the fact that that Jesus speaks about it being um, good news that the uh, that the that he will depart from them, and uh, and the person said to me, well, it doesn't sound like particularly good news to me. I would like to have Jesus um, still 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 around with us. Why is it why is it good news um, that he's ascending to the to the Father? Um, so, Sister Rose, would you like to try and cheer up this person who would like to have Jesus here and now and persuade them why it's good news <laughs> that he's up in heaven? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's a very understandable reaction, right? Often, when our closest family and friends go away, there's a, a natural sense of sadness that we have. So it's an understandable reaction of, well, why would why would the disciples feel joy? And um, I think there are several um, answers to this. One is, um, first of all, that um, the joy, first of all, is Christ going back to be seated at the right hand of the Father. So um, being in heaven to, to intercede and to mediate for us. Um, and with that also comes with the ascending of Christ, we also get the descent of the Holy Spirit, which we'll be celebrating with Pentecost um, in only eight eight days time now um so the joy of first of all knowing christ is with the father um loving us praying for us interceding for us always and knowing that we have or, or for the disciples they will receive for us we have received the holy spirit who is the advocate who is the comforter that's a very particular word he is there to comfort us to be with us and um, to grant us his gifts his fruits and that is a moment of joy. And joy is actually one of the signs, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit living within us. So that's one way of understanding it. And, and, and Jesus is very clear. He does not leave us orphans. He's very clear. Just because he is, is not uh, visible physically in the same way as a man here on earth now, it does not mean that he's abandoned us. It does not mean we are orphans. And the other part to understand with this for us is that Christ is still truly present, body, blood, soul and divinity to us in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And we can receive him into our 
bodies, into our souls every time we go to Holy Communion. So the real, we, we call the Blessed Sacrament the real presence because we do believe Christ is truly with us in that. So that's another sign. And um, the Blessed Sacrament and the Holy Spirit are both um, his presence, his continuing presence with us and the fulfillment of that promise that he will not leave us orphans. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, I think the other aspect to me is that sort of when when Christ is is here sort of bodily on earth, then some of the sort of the, the bodily limitations seem to me that they they must uh, apply. And so it wouldn't be possible for for all sort of Catholics to receive Christ's body in the in in the mass if he hadn't sort of returned um returned to the father and so sort of slightly sort of tongue in tongue in cheek you you'd have sort of slight sort of like crowd crowding issues in a in a, in a certain way in that everybody would want to be in this one place with uh with with jesus as opposed to now the way that christ at the right hand of the father sending the spirit is able to make himself present in all places at at at, at all times um so rather sort of Christ becomes present throughout the whole world rather than the whole world having to try and go to one physical place to be present with Christ. And the other really significant thing is that, you know, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity was always in heaven. What was not present in heaven until the ascension was human nature. When Christ ascends, he ascends body body and body and soul into into heaven and so now our 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 human nature is now present in heaven christ has paved the way for us in our in our in our humanity joined to joined to his divinity by baptism whereby we become part of his body he's paved the way for the body to return to to the to the head and so something new has happened in heaven which is that humanity is now is now present there and so that's good news because as we know sort of like nothing on earth ever completely satisfies there are moments of real joy and hopefully you you experience those in the in the in in the church especially and in and in the company of those who you love but as we so often know like sometimes we think in our lives like oh like once I sort of pass this exam or once I pass this milestone or when I get this project out of the way, then I'll be truly, then I'll be truly happy. Um, but it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. There is this, there is this longing for, for more, which nothing on earth completely satisfies. And I think if we just had the resurrection, then we would be in a certain sense for an eternity of more of the same but that's not what we desire at the most deep fundamental level we don't want more of the same for eternity we want we want something more and christ has made possible that something more by his uh by his ascension into into heaven where he now reigns in in glory at the right hand of the father in the in the presence of his blessed mother who intercedes for us and both of whom point the fact that this is our destiny and that our destiny is uh, not an not an abstract possibility, but a but a reality made possible. Um, anything anything further to add on that question, Sister Rose? 
I just that, yeah, I totally, um, I totally agree. And and you know, just that Christ is the head, and we are the body. And where the head goes, the body will follow. So so exactly as as you were saying with that, um, it's the promise and a hope for us for our destiny. Yeah, yeah, to to be with Him as well. And I think it's it's one of the the, the big problems you said, like you know, Christ is the head, and we're we're the body. I think one of the the big problems in the in the church today is that we don't really understand what the church is. Um, a lot of the the, mm, the, the debates yes, that we see yes. going on around the the synod at the moment sort of just seem to have the conception of the of the church as if it was just a, a man made institution. Now there are loads. Excuse me. There are loads of sort of metaphors given for the for the church in 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 the scriptures um but the uh the the sort of the second vatican council seemed to sort of place a certain premium and i think rightly on um on just a few of them and one of the most important important ones was the the church as, as the mystical body of christ and I think if only we could conceive the church more often in this time, then we would remember that, that the church is not something apart from me. We would also have a, a greater sense of our of our own of our own dignity, um, and we would also have a, a, a greater sense of um, of the, of quite how special the people uh, you know my fellow baptized um, brothers and sisters in 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 Christ are. And so I think if we could renew our our focus on that it would be a it would be a great great help um we, yes yeah i totally agree yeah yeah we we've we've got a, a couple of minutes um left i'm just going to give that number out once more in case anybody wants to come in with a quick fire question and then i shall try and be very unusual and answer a question in in under a minute or maybe i'll just hand it over to sister rose and not give an answer myself um but that number is <laughs> zero one two two three three seven five five six four that's zero one two two three three seven five five six four i'm going to put on a piece of music whilst we wait for a a, a call if, if one's going to come in and uh in anticipation as sister rose mentioned we'll have um we'll have pentecost coming up in eight days and so here is a a, a sequence um for pentecost again sung by uh harper day Spiritus, edemit et senitus, lucis tu erarius. Veni, Pater, pauperum, veni, Pater, monerum, veni, lumen cordium. Consolator Sos que sanime, dulce Okay, so no, no, no takers for a quick final question. So I'd just like to um, close by uh, by thanking Sister Rose for for joining us and for her uh, really helpful um, answers. And hopefully we'll have you uh, have you back on back on questions of faith soon. It's lovely to do that with you for the for the first time um and so we'll just thank you it's a real pleasure great thanks again um we're going to close with a, a a short prayer and so we just uh close by thanking the lord for his his presence on earth and we thank you for the 
the gift of the ascension web our humanity goes up to, into heaven and paves the way for us to follow and we ask that we might live in the in the conviction of the spirit all the days of our life so that we might join you one day body and soul in heaven we ask this through christ our lord amen amen This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.